0: The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where the independent new authors come first. In her new book, All That Jazz, author Cheryl Zappa recounts the final years of her husband's life and how she dealt with the challenges they faced. Cheryl is joining me right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for being here today, Cheryl.
1: You're welcome. I'm, I'm glad to be with you.
0: So this seems like a book that is very personal and has a lot of meaning for you. Can you tell us about it?
1: It's a story about the decline that alcoholism creates. My husband got high electrolytes tests when he was 37 years old, and he had been a strong individual, you know, very athletic When those electrolytes went up, he was tested and told that he wasn't allowed to drink anymore, no more alcohol. The next three and a half years really demonstrate the decline as far as his job and home life and eventually his health. It was astounding to me. And as a Christian, I was trying to understand how I could best help him. I got involved in Al-Anon. And he was involved in AA, and he was in treatment at least a dozen times. Um, And obviously, it was to no avail, because eventually this did take his life. So I was always trying to figure out, as a child of God, was I supposed to leave him? You know, I had learned about tough love. So it's really that kind of a story. It juxtaposes my time with a therapist. And my time in the home with him, trying to deal with the insanity of addiction.
0: It's had to take a lot of courage to write this out and then have it published for people to read. What was your inspiration to take that step?
1: I believe it's because... I felt a very strong need to get it out there for other folks. I was an English teacher for 27 years and a few years after this occurred, I would speak to the relationship classes about addiction and I found out that almost all of those kids had some connection to addiction in some way through family members or friends. I just felt like there was a need to get this published. I also felt a need to demonstrate that people who use and abuse are not bad people. You know, we tend to get a stereotype about addiction. And I guess it was just important. It was kind of put on my heart to clear up that kind of false image. We can't generalize about people who have addictions.
0: So now as a published author, do you have any advice? for aspiring authors who want to get their book finished and get it published?
1: To not be afraid (laughs) and to be persistent. There are steps along the way where one tends to feel like giving up, and I just think that you can't give up on something that's very important to you. So it takes a lot of prayer and a belief that what you're doing is important. So I guess, you know, take it to the Lord— but also listen to your heart and, and just keep working at it.
0: The book is All That Jazz by Cheryl Zappa, published by Christian Faith Publishing. It's available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and elsewhere. Cheryl, thank you so much for coming on the Reader House Author Roundtable with us tonight, and thank you again for sharing this book with us.
1: Thank you very much for your time.
0: In his new book, Touchdown in the Dark, Author Jerry Silver gives us hope and solutions to a lot of painful realities in our world. Jerry is joining me right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Jerry, thank you for being here with us tonight.
2: Well, thank you so much. I'm glad to be with you.
0: So you're tackling a lot of big issues. Can you tell us about the book?
2: The book itself, uh, a lot of people think it's about football because of the title, Touchdown in the Dark, but it's actually uh, dealing with a lot of issues, especially uh, how important family is. My father was a pastor for 65 years, and he recently went home to be at the Lord. We had a great family experience growing up, and it taught me a lot about uh, the future and some of the battles I was going to face when I became a pastor.
0: So what inspired you to write this out, put those words on paper, and get it published?
2: Back in 1990, I uh, was called to be the pastor of a church in Oaklawn, Illinois. We had a Christian school, about 300 in the school. That was the average enrollment, and uh, I hadn't been there very long, and I realized that the school board and the previous leadership had some real problems with admitting su- certain students and allowing certain people to come to the church or the school. And so because of that, I fought a battle against uh, some folks that uh, were very intolerant, and so I tell the story of what took place and how awful people can be, even though they claim to be Christians, but how God can intervene and, and bring real healing and, and forgiveness. And so that's really what the book is about, and that's what inspired me. Did you have a certain demographic in mind, a readership that you think would get the most from this? Well, uh, because of the circumstances, all the unrest in our country, right, and how really the demographic would be every politician— every pastor a republican democrat conservative or liberal i don't believe washington dc has the answer in fact i know washington dc does not have the answer to all the unrest the answer to all that unrest is found in changing the heart of uh, of a man there's a passage uh, paul wrote second corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 it said He says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And that is the real solution for all of the unrest and all of the uh, intolerance that's taking place today on both sides of the political aisle and uh, among races. It's Jesus Christ and following him is the real answer to all of this. Is this your first published work? Yes, this is my very first uh, book, and it's... It's a simple story, true story. I, I, like I say, I, I wish everybody would read it because it's a true story. Everything I talk about in the book, I, I changed some of the names and some of the uh, events that took place just to protect people that uh, were innocent in all the situation. But, but it's a true story. It's something that I, I, I wish everyone certainly would read. The book is Touchdown in the Dark by Jerry Silver,
0: published by Christian Faith Publishing. It's available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and elsewhere. Jerry, it was a pleasure talking with you today. Thank you so much for joining us here tonight.
2: Well, thank you. I, I enjoyed every minute.
0: Beauty for Ashes is a new, inspiring book of poetry out on shelves now by Ollie Wright-Smith. Ollie's here with me right now. Thank you for joining me today, Ollie.
3: you for having me. I appreciate it.
0: So, can you tell us about your book of poetry?
3: It's really more of a book about my life experiences and how I was blessed to get from one stage to the next to get where I am today. So it might sound like poetry, but it's just basically my life story, part of it anyway.
0: What inspired you to write this and go get it published?
3: I was inspired really by the Spirit of God telling me to put my life on paper and I was refusing him and I said no. And he said, put it on paper. I said, I'm not a writer. But he kept telling me and they t- insisting, so you don't disobey God. And things started happening. So I started trying to write. Um, I think the whole purpose was some of, the, some of my ministry has to do with things that's going on right now in the world. And God knew this already. He knew within 40 years all this would be here. And it was things in the book that people of today would need to know about what we're going through with today.
0: So this is your first book then?
3: This is my first one. I have two more to do, but I'm praying that the Lord would send me help because I'm not a writer. But the things that he wanted people to know concerning the Ark of the Covenant and the Shroud of Trinity and the Antichrist is in there. And I think that's the main things he wanted people to understand about what's going on today.
0: So what kind of feeling do you get knowing that you've got a book published and it's out on shelves and people are reading it? How does that make you feel?
3: It makes me feel great. I feel like I've accomplished what he asked me to do. And being obedient to the word of God makes me feel very great. The only thing, you know, uh, is basically about him and what he did for me and where he brought me from and what he would want people to know today about what's going on in the world. And there can be a cure to what's going on. But I feel great. I don't feel like dumping them down, screaming and hollering and doing all that. But I feel blessed that I've accomplished it. I feel good in my heart knowing that I have pleased God by completing this, although it took 40 years. But with the other two, I'm praying it don't take that long because I don't even know if I have another 40 years. I'm 75 now, but you never know.
0: Did you have a certain group of readers in mind who might benefit the most from this?
3: Anybody that have ever been through anything can get something from it because I've been from abandoned as a baby, to stolen sexual slavery, to rape, to beat, and it come on and on and on. And it's just been one thing after another one. But I think the main thing, it can help some of everybody that has been involved in some of everything. But they need to take time to read it and explain uh, so they can get the interpretation of what I've actually been through. But I think the moral of the story is for us, the Lord is concerned is the things that he wants the people to understand where he can bring us from, where he can take us to, if we would just only be obedient and listen to his word.
0: The book is Beauty for Ashes by Ollie Wright Smith. Published by Christian Faith Publishing, it's available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and elsewhere. Ollie, thank you for joining us here tonight. It was a pleasure speaking with you.
3: Thank you for calling. I appreciate you.
0: A police officer in downtown D.C. is faced with a world-changing disaster in Last Stand the new book by Robert Ciencio. Robert is joining me right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for being here with us tonight, Robert. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. So can you give us a rundown of what happens in this book?
4: Well, essentially, like you just said, uh, a police officer who's uh, in D.C. gets thrown into an apocalyptic event. And uh, after figuring out what's going on, his only real goal is to just survive the apocalypse and help a few people along the way if he can. But as things progress, he ends up getting pulled into a set of circumstances that ultimately could change the course of history.
0: Where did the idea for this come from?
4: I've been a fan of apocalyptic fiction for a long time, and it was a story that was running through my head for several years, but just never decided to put anything down on paper until I did, and this is the story I came up with.
0: Is this the first book you've written?
4: Yes. Yes.
0: Congratulations. That's a big accomplishment. Uh, What's it feel like now having your first book out there? It's on shelves. People can read it.
4: I've gone through every emotion you could possibly think of. Um, There's a little bit of fear in there, uh, a lot of excitement, um, a lot of apprehension. Just everything you can think of has been going through my head.
0: What was the whole writing process like for you? Was that difficult, a challenge at all?
4: To be honest, no. Uh, like I said, I had the story running through my head for years. Um, once I started putting it down on paper, it just kind of all flowed out and uh, come out basically the way this the story is written now in the book. Uh, I didn't do a whole lot of uh, editing or or rewriting, although some things did get changed along the way that that just uh, seemed to fit the story on paper better than it was in my head. But overall it wasn't a very difficult task. No, at least I didn't think so.
0: So the publishing end of things seemed to go well for you then as far as the editing and getting things formatted and a cover.
4: Yes. Everything went, went fantastic. Uh, the publishing group I worked with uh, Fulton, uh, they were great. Uh, my contact person there, uh, Heather has been fantastic the the entire uh, way through the process uh, it was so much easier than I expected it to be. My biggest fear at the beginning was this process, but uh, they were fantastic. I've had no issues.
0: Is there anything you learned along the way that maybe you could pass along to aspiring writers?
4: The biggest advice and and a couple people have asked me, uh, you know friends and i that that have talked about uh, my writing and and everything. The biggest thing I learned was the, you know go ahead and and be willing to take some chances. I know there's a lot of people out there that have written stuff and they're afraid to take the chance to get it out there because uh, they may be uh, tired of or um, uh, afraid of, of rejection or or something like that. But what I learned was if you don't take those chances and you don't get what you've written out there, nobody's ever going to see it. So take those chances and, and get your stuff out there so that, that people can read and see what you've done.
0: This book is Last Stand by Robert Ciencio. Published by Fulton Books, available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and elsewhere. Well, Robert, thank you for coming to us here at the Reader House Author Roundtable and chatting tonight. It was a pleasure getting to know you and finding out about your book.
4: Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
0: A Young Boy Discovers a Magical World in Elijah and the Enchanted Books, the new book by Teresa Adkins. Teresa is here with me right now. Thank you for joining me today, Teresa.
5: You're welcome. so glad that you're having me on your show. I appreciate it.
0: This sounds like a really fun book. Can you tell us about it?
5: Yes, Elijah. This book is about a little boy named Elijah. He lives in a very small town, and it's the first day of summer. And Elijah, he really thought that this was going to be just his typical summer with his friends playing Fortnite online, things like that. But it was Anything but typical. He discovered one of the, I would say, his town's most magical secret, and he uncovers it, and he has this whole summer filled with adventures.
0: (laughs) Would you say this is young adult fiction?
5: Yeah, I would.
0: (laughs) So have you written a book before, or is this the first time you're published?
5: This is my first book, and this is my first time being published.
0: Yes, sir. What kind of feeling does it give you now your book is on shelves and people are reading it?
5: Disbelief and like shock. I cannot believe that I actually something that came to my mind in the middle of the night, a story, and I wrote it and actually got it printed. And actually, people are buying it. They're asking me to turn Elijah into a series. Mm. <laughs> it's crazy, but it's crazy wonderful.
0: Was there anything about getting the book published that you found surprising or challenging, like the editing or the cover selection, things like that?
5: Everything, the whole process, because it it took a, it took a long time. I would say the whole process took me two years uh, because I wrote five pages and then I put it down for months. So it took me actually a year just to complete writing the story. And then when I sent it in to the publishing company, that took a year within itself. I wouldn't say it was hard. It was just very time consuming. A lot of editing goes into writing the book, especially when you're doing dialogue and he said, he said, he replied and things like that. That took a very long time to edit and make it perfect. So I would say I learned a lot. It wasn't hard per se, but it was just time consuming, but I did learn a lot. A lot goes in making a book and getting it published.
0: So if you had one piece of advice that you would give to aspiring authors, what would that be?
5: No matter what the story is, if you have a story, you should definitely write it. You never know um, who you could help or reach or teach or inspire with the book. And I would tell them to, um, if they have any type of pictures that they want to include for their illustrations, I would tell them to actually have a general idea of what, they're, what they want the pictures to look like. Um, cartoony, do they want real people? Do they want animals? Have that kind of written down so that way if they do get published, that they have some type of boundaries They have a bulleted list. Like, hey, I want this, I want my characters to look like this. They'll have like some type of guidelines that go by.
0: The book is Elijah and the Enchanted Books by Teresa Adkins, published by Christian Faith Publishing. It's available at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, iTunes, and elsewhere. Teresa, thank you so much for joining us here tonight. It was a pleasure speaking with you.
5: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I really appreciate it.
0: Faith and Science Clash in My Neighbor John, the new book by Paul M. Feinberg, Ph.D. Paul is with me right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for being here with me today, Paul.
6: It's my pleasure.
0: So can you tell us what you're exploring in this book?
6: Well, the book is about a mysterious man named John who lives in a small town and who runs the local fishing store. Active in the local church, he also has been a part of the lives of many in the town, always offering a helping hand to those who need it, or giving encouragement to someone whenever they need it as well. He's found a special place, though, in a certain eight-year-old's heart after intervening on the young boy's behalf during an incident that happened with an elder at the church. And soon everyone in the town who has ostensibly been close to John over the years begins to take a closer look as he's involved in orchestrating a debate within the church involving science and faith. And so in some ways it uh, it resembles a modern day Scopes trial.
0: Wow! What gave you the idea for this premise?
6: This kind of comes out of uh, an actual real situation that had happened in my past, pretty much when I was just at the very beginning of my journey of faith. I had been going to what was a, a what I thought was a good church. Uh, it was a good church. Um, it's not doesn't exist anymore. And once I was there with my mother, and uh, this incident occurred, um, I was able to take that incident and put it into Samuel's life. Once I did that, I could barely keep up with what I wanted to say in the story. Uh, trying to capture the emotional side of what was happening to Samuel once John intervenes in the life incident what he's going through as he develops it's a message that I hope will help people as they contemplate their own faith decision or as they enter into what may just be coming into uh, now for us an unprecedented opportunity to send a personal evangelical message of love but tapping into my own personal emotional triumphs and tribulations is the fuel that gets my <laughs> engine going and the desire to share the bounty of the individual triumphs is what uh, sent me right across the finish line with this novel.
0: Yeah, certainly interesting. Uh, is this your first book that you've ever written?
6: Actually, it's my second book. My first book was my uh, published doctoral dissertation in earth and environmental science, which was on the subject of, believe it or not, PCBs found in the mollusks of the Hudson River. <laughs> so, oh, wow. So uh, a <laughs> little little less... Uh, <laughs> Enjoyable reading, I I would say.
0: (laughs) Oh, so what was the writing process like for you? Did it come easy to you?
6: I began writing it seven years before it was completed, laying down many of my initial thoughts to set the stage. And basically that first burst of energy was so enjoyable I was very enthusiastic about the project. Of course, I'm also a high school teacher in New York City, and I'm an adjunct professor of geology at Hunter College in New York City, so uh, during the interval where I was writing, I had a four-hour round-trip commute, (laughs) uh, ultimately uh, between New York and my home in Jersey. I focused on the plot, ensuring that it had a logical progression, building out the characters to help unfold the story. I would jot down things that I especially wanted to mention. And in the final year, the seventh and final year, I finally made a concerted effort to, to pull it all together and complete the book and get it ready for publication. You know, once I knew what I wanted to to write about, to, to take this incident in my life, it was a very fun process to write.
0: The book is My Neighbor John by Paul M. Feinberg, Ph.D., published by Christian Faith Publishing. It's available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and elsewhere. Paul, it was a pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you for joining us and telling us about this book.
6: Thank you, sir. I enjoyed it.
0: A banjo-wielding schoolteacher's life is thrown into chaos in Banjo Man, the new book by June E. Titus. June is here with me right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for being here with us tonight, June.
7: Well, I'm glad to be here.
0: So can you tell us what this book's all about?
7: Well, as you mentioned, it's about a banjo, about a woman looking for one. Susan's a retired school teacher and she's a banjo picker herself And she's from the fictional community in North Carolina. For 20 years, she's been looking for this banjo. And then when she finds it, little did she know that it would open up scandals and identity issues and secrets and more. She learns that her life has been built on deception, suspicions, denials, searches in dusty attics, that sort of thing goes along with the Wilson clan to take a view, n- new view of their history. Uh, she's challenged also with her need for faith. Are her questions about her identity resolved? Well, you'll have to read and find out. A lot of senior citizens in this book. Um, since I'm a senior citizen myself, that was a good thing to write about. That's essentially what it's about.
0: The element of the banjo is unique. I love that that's thrown into this thriller, drama, story. Where did that idea come from?
7: My, I'm from North Carolina. Well, my mother was and uh, I lived there for 21 years and lots of banjo pickers up there, including myself. I heard stories and things like that uh, from family and from people that I knew up there. I was at a book club one time and um, we were reading a book about scandals and I knew of a scandal and so I told about it. So anyway, that's Where the book came, they said, write this book.
0: (laughs) Is this the first book you've written?
7: No, I've written uh, two other ones. They published, self published, but I took them off the market because the readership just wasn't interested.
0: So, what was it like working with a publisher this time?
7: Oh, very good. I cannot complain one bit. I really enjoyed uh, working with Fulton Books.
0: Is there any advice that you would give to upcoming writers that want to either get their book written or get their book published?
7: Well, first of all, they need to read a lot of different kinds of books and journal about what they're thinking. Uh, Write down tidbits of your imagination. Do research, develop the story, and make time for writing, rewriting, and re-rewriting. And don't give up till you got a book the way you want it.
0: (laughs) So, are you going to keep writing? Do you have any projects on the horizon? Maybe a follow-up to this or another project?
7: Oh yeah, I've uh, got. 262 pages written as the sequel to
0: this book. Oh, wow. Fantastic.
7: Uh, not sure what I'm going to name, and I'm thinking the missing right arm, but I'm not sure. These <laughs> books kind of write themselves.
0: <laughs> the book is Banjo Man by June E. Titus, published by Fulton Books. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and Google Play. June, thank you for chatting with us tonight. It was a pleasure meeting you and finding out about the book. Well, thank you. Author Stephen D. Alston explores soul and spirit in his new book, The Icons of God, Soul versus Spirit, Which One is the Real You? Stephen is joining me right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Stephen, thank you for joining with us tonight. Well, thank you, Corey. So can you tell us what you're exploring with this book?
8: Well, of course, the icons is a Greek for images. So the icons or images of God is a very short, quick read, only about 22 pages, but very substantial in the sense that it answers a very important question. Are we souls or spirits? Now, I also realized that it's the perfect timing for the release of a book like this. The global sheltering in place caused by the pandemic allowed us the time to give proper attention and focus to the missing link of equality for all people. So now the icons of God can further assist us in seeing ourselves and each other the way God sees us all in spite of our differences.
0: Is this your first published book or the first time you've written?
8: Yes, it is. And now I've been bitten by the bug, so to speak. <laughs> so I plan to write a lot more.
0: Is uh, there anything that you've learned along the way? Uh, was there anything surprising as you wrote? Oh boy, the Bible says in, in 2 Timothy 2 and 15,
8: and I quote, "Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth." End quote. The Bible doesn't say to read to show thyself approved, but to study to show thyself approved. So I've learned that in wanting to know, am I a soul or a spirit, I needed to study all the biblical passages that mention soul and spirit, and then compare scripture with scripture, and with the help of the Holy Spirit, and after years of study, I was finally able to discover the truth, which was the answer to my question. And of course, during that process of attempting to discover biblical truth, it's important to keep in mind that all scripture cannot be taken literally or at face value. There are many references to soul and spirit and if proper hermeneutics is not applied, these references, even full biblical narratives, can be taken out of context and completely offset our theology. So I've learned a lot.
0: What's it feel like now being your first publication, now your book is on shelves, people are reading it. What kind of feeling does that give you?
8: Oh boy, definitely a sense of pride and joy because what started out to be just researching a question, turned into a published book. It also created a feeling of success for me because you know I'm a disabled Persian Gulf War veteran who probably served in the US Navy. Loyalty, perseverance, and staying true to the cause are ingrained in me because it leads to the greater good. So I believe when an author writes a book, they're educating people and providing information that will promote growth and development also for the greater good. So I'm very fortunate to be amongst all those authors out there, including my own brother, James Austin, who is a award-winning author himself and has traveled down the same path of success that I am now traveling.
0: Did you have a target readership in mind when you wrote this, people you think would really benefit from this the most? Well, the book is targeted for anyone from
8: adolescent to an adult Christian believer, as well as a non-believer actually, who find themselves engaging in thought-provoking reads that inspire further study. People have said to me already, adults have said to me that my book makes them want to study more of this subject matter. And one person said that after reading your book that I need to go back and study the Bible again. I need to start in Genesis. And um, I was happy to hear that because that's what I wanna see
0: happen. The book is The Icons of God, Soul Versus Spirit, Which One is the Real You? by Stephen D. Alston. This is available through Christian Faith Publishing at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and elsewhere. Stephen, thank you for joining with us tonight. It was a pleasure talking with you.
8: You're welcome, and thank you for having me.
0: A Story of Hope in Dire Circumstances is at the center of author Angelica Galbreth's new book, My Cries of Yesterday. Angelica is with me here right now, Thank you for being here with us tonight, Angelica. Thank you for having me. So can you tell us about your book? My book is
9: about some hardships that I went through in my life, pretty much some devastating child abuse, going down the wrong path as a teenager. But it's also about how I conquered and succeeded on how I did it and how I didn't let it take over my life. Pretty much that's what it's about. And I'm just hoping that it can inspire a lot of people out there.
0: This is a nonfiction story then, as opposed to a fictional account?
9: Yes, it's a memoir.
0: So what was the inspiration for you to pen this story and get it published?
9: Well, um, I would say my family. I pretty much inspired myself, but just seeing how all my accomplishments in life pretty much helped my family, my little circle, what I call my little circle. You know, my mother, my brothers, they're in a better place. My mom is as well. We have a better relationship. My kids, oh, my God, they're great. They're going down the perfect path. Like, everything's just so awesome. And I can say because of my accomplishments and everything that I've done in life, you know, it pretty much helped my family out as well. And I'm just glad that, you know, I didn't let myself fall either. Everything, you know, just pretty much came out pretty great in my life so far.
0: Is there a certain readership out there that you think, would benefit the most from your story?
9: Anybody that's gone through anything that I have, if it's abuse or pretty much anything that you're struggling through in life, anyone that's going through anything hard, you know, I I want my book to inspire them and let them know that if you keep going and you keep working at it, I mean, you can succeed, you know. You can live at peace in the end, you know, and just pray and work hard and everything will be all right.
0: And hope is something we definitely need a lot more of. Oh, for sure. Is this the first book you've written?
9: It is. It's my first book, and I'm still in awe. And I, I just feel like this is so thrill. I'm so proud of
0: myself. Oh, well, congratulations. <laughs> How does it feel Thank knowing you. that this is actually printed and out there on shelves and people are reading it?
9: Uh, it feels awesome. It feels great. It really does. When I first saw my book, I was just, I started bawling. I started bawling so hard. I was speechless for a while. I was in shock. It's just crazy. And it, like I said, it's still so surreal.
0: It, it really is. Were there any surprising challenges along the way of writing the book, then getting it ready for publishing?
9: There was. This book, writing this book was pretty therapeutic as well. A lot of things came to light in this book, things that we didn't, as a family, didn't really talk much about. And because of that, it's actually brought us a lot closer, like very much closer with me and my family. I don't know, I I guess it was a good thing to talk about everything we've been through and everything turned out great. It really did. I was I was thinking it wasn't, but it actually was a good thing. Like I said, it was very therapeutic.
0: This is My Cries of Yesterday by Angelica Galbreath, published by Fulton Books. It's available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and Google Play. Angelica, thank you for chatting here tonight. It was a pleasure speaking with you and getting to know more about your book. Thank you for having me. Pleasure speaking with you as well. A Real Biblical Worldview is the topic of Todd Salt's new book, It Is Well With My Soul, 90 Days of Reflection. Todd is talking with me right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for being here today, Todd.
10: Thank you for having me.
0: Can you tell us about your book?
10: Well, it started out to be a 365-day devotional, and it was just too big. So we we got the first book out, uh, 90 Days of Reflection, and it's a devotional. It looks a little different than most because we look at... uh, A biblical worldview, and we also talk about the issues of our day from a biblical worldview.
0: What gave you the idea to write this?
10: Well, I just noticed that I didn't like the direction that our country was going or the world, and and I felt like you know I had to do my part, try to share some truth that I don't believe is being shared right now.
0: About how long were you working on it?
10: I spent seven years working on it. About the time I was going into the editing. My wife was diagnosed with ALS, and so that made it, another year was added on there by the time we got it printed, and Debbie passed away December of last year.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Is this the first book you've written or had published?
10: Yes, this is my first book. We're hoping to get four.
0: That's a big accomplishment. Is there anything that you were surprised with along the way, especially when it came to editing and getting everything ready to be published?
10: Yeah, it's a lot harder than I thought it would be. There's a lot of work into writing a book, and it did take a lot longer. feels good when when it's in print, though. I ended up dedicating this book to my wife, and I I was her caretaker the last two years of her life. And we got it in print in time for her to read it. And it was just a beautiful thing for her to be able to hold it and read it.
0: Did you ever hit a place when you were writing this that the ideas just weren't flowing? You had some writer's block and... If you did, do you have a strategy to deal with that?
10: Well, when, when I was writing this, I was working and I was traveling to four states as a vendor and I and I was also in the ministry too voluntarily. While I was driving, I spent a lot of time talking to God and I kept a little recorder in the van and when something would come to me I would I would just record myself and then I'd put it all together whenever I got to the motel or got home. So I, I really didn't have any writer's block. I'm just not wasn't really a writer. I'm more of a rewriter. I had to go back and rewrite a lot of stuff to make it better but
0: do you have any other advice for upcoming writers who want to write their book and go out and get it published
10: I think we've already said it you know if if you're gonna write be sure to write those thoughts down or record those thoughts because when you will have writer's block when it, when you try to do it later if you didn't write it down you're gonna be trying to recall that great idea that you had or that God gave you and uh, it may not be there so I would recommend writing it down. I used to do a daily devotional with God, and, and in and front of the book, I had a label that said, when God speaks, write it down, and I still go by that today.
0: The book is It Is Well With My Soul, 90 Days of Reflection by Todd Saltz, published by Christian Faith Publishing. It's available through Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and iTunes. Todd, thank you so much for being here and talking with us today here at the Reader House Author Roundtable and telling us all about your book. Well, thank you, and God bless you. A Tale of October Poe is a new book by Pemberley Wolfe that tells the tale of a young groundhog's adventures. Pemberley is here with me right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for joining me here today, Pemberley.
11: Oh, Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure.
0: Can you tell us about the book?
11: A Tale of October Poe is a Christian children's tale about a mummy groundhog and her little boy October Poe, who she sends off with a pouch full of oxide brittle into the dark and sometimes dangerous forest of Grey Fox Farms. His mission is to collect the fabled eggs of Lady Grey's most favorite hen, Hepsy. Tragically, Poor little October Poe makes a wrong turn and ends up in a cave. He falls asleep, but soon hears muffled sounds, and slowly he opens his eyes to see Dame and Butler Bordeaux, the two most beautiful fox he has ever seen standing before him, in his candles glow. Now Dame and Butler are trying to make it to their godfather's den because they are being hunted by Irish wolfhounds who are very close. And in the moonlight, the two fox build a gate of briars across the entrance to the cave, but only to have glowing eyes appear through the briars and thorns belonging to Steppenwolf, the grim wolfhound, who is the reason the vixen Dame Bordeaux is a widow. And I'll leave it there for now. And if you want to find out what happens, please consider purchasing a tale of October Polk.
0: Sounds like a lot of fun, but what sort of readers were you targeting with this?
11: Everyone. This is actually my second book, and in both books in the series. I want the parents to, to love the books. I want the grandparents to love the books, along with the children, because if they love the books, they're more apt to read it to them. So I'm hoping that, that my books will, will touch everyone in a certain way.
0: Where did the idea for this tale come from?
11: I tell you, we, we bought a farm out in Marquand, and um, it's a little town here in the heart of America. And I went out there one day, and God spoke. And all of a sudden, these characters were starting to be born, and plots were coming to me. I mean, it really just came out of nowhere. So that's where it started, was that on, on Gray Fox Farms.
0: About how long does it take you to write these and get it ready for publishing?
11: Well, you know, I'm, I'm a new author. This is just my second book. Um, so it, it takes me approximately a year to get it all done and sent to the publishers, have the editors look at it and get the book cover done. So, so it takes all in all about a year, but I'm, I'm getting a little bit faster as I go.
0: <laughs> what have you learned along the way that maybe you could pass on to aspiring writers as some advice to the whole process?
11: Well, you know, um, if you're wanting to become an author, you're the one that's going to have to write the book. No one else is going to is going to write it for you. And honestly, do you even want them to get your priorities straight in your life? Pray about it, and you pick up a pen and you start writing. And once you do, you you can't stop.
0: Well, it sounds like the book is just as fun as the fun that you're having writing them, and I think that really shows. The title of the book is A Tale of October Poe, part of the Gray Fox Farm series by Pemberley Wolf, published by Christian Faith Publishing. It's available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes and elsewhere. Pemberley, thank you for joining us today here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. It was a pleasure speaking with you and finding out about your book.
11: OK, thank you so much.
0: I'm delighted to welcome back to the Reader House Author Roundtable author Zach Dill. We're talking about the sequel to the last book we talked about. This is Delights 2 and is on shelves now. Welcome back to the show, Zach. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So Delights was absolutely delightful. It was full of positivity. Tell us about the sequel.
12: First off, I just want to say I have an Instagram account. If anyone wants to get a little sample of the Delights, D Y -Y L I G H T S on Instagram. And uh, Delights 2 is similar to the first one. It's kind of a continuation of kind of truth, beauty, and laugh, trying to have the positivity with a little humor and uh, smiles, kind of to try to brighten everyone's day. So it's basically kind of the same theme, uh, just more of the same.
0: Is there anything different this time around when it came to getting everything together and getting it published and out there?
12: It was pretty much the same routine. People have said this one, they think it's a little funnier, so maybe I'm... Getting funnier. Hopefully, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Just trying to keep the same good thing going.
0: So, did you have trouble coming up with ideas, or do you have trouble in general coming up with ideas? Maybe hit a writer's block kind of thing. And how do you deal with it?
12: I actually, for some reason, I'm whether it's a joke or some truth I kind of see in the world, or just some kind of positive thought. They kind of keep coming to me. I, I don't know how, they, but uh, every day I, I usually write many delights down, and, and then I kind of sift through them to see which ones uh, I, I, I think qualify as really good, and then I get feedback from other people and what they think. It's definitely a creative project where it kind of just flows. I know some people with some particular art or something they do, it just keeps coming and coming and coming, and that, that's that been my experience with this Um, Knock on wood, hopefully it uh, keeps going because it's fun and it's a great outlet.
0: Being that you enjoy writing these so much, are there more on the horizon?
12: Oh, yeah. I think I've finished the lights 5, so I've got more coming. I I got my Instagram page up, and I'd really, my dream is kind of that they could be in the funny pages one day, so we'll see if uh, at some point it catches on. I get enough out there and I have enough quantity where I could... uh, entertain, you know, 365 days a year, so that's kind of the end goal with these books. If I could get some outlet like that, I think it'd be great to, to be able to, to make people laugh and inspire them to be positive in these times because it seems like a lot of the art is like anti-hero or negative or or on everything that's wrong, and so I kind of like putting stuff out there that
0: kind of says what's right absolutely worthwhile. We need more people like you who are focused on putting out the beauty and the positivity and the good things about the world and not focusing so much on the negative. We talked about this before, how much positivity just has a great impact on every aspect of life. And
12: I, I, I agree with you. It's, I call it having beauty vision where you can see the beauty in life because uh, sometimes it, you can get blinded to it, but uh, it's important.
0: Well, Zach, thank you again The book is Delights 2, published by Fulton Books. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and Google Play. Well, Zach Dill, thank you again. It was great catching up with you again and finding out about Delights 2. And we're looking forward to 3 and 4 and 5 and however many more.
12: Outstanding. Thank you very much.
0: More and more people are turning to working from home as life becomes increasingly complicated. Author Ladine McCoy offers advice in her new book, Five Jobs Mommies Can Work From Home. Ladeen is with me right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for joining me tonight, Ladine.
13: Well, thank you for having me today.
0: So can you tell us about this book?
13: Sure. Uh, my book inspires mothers to become mommy entrepreneurs, and it encourages them to think outside the box. And there are five ideas for the mothers. It's a, it's a short read. It really inspires and motivates mothers.
0: How did you get the idea for the book?
13: I got the idea, um, actually, I was inspired from my mother, who um, actually passed away a couple of years ago, but she wore many hats, and she was always an entrepreneur, and so I saw that as a kid and was observed it over the years and was amazed, and so I was motivated to write those thoughts down in my journal and to write a book.
0: About how long were you working on it?
13: To capture the time frame is a little difficult, but over a period of several months.
0: So what was the process like, getting it edited down to publishable format?
13: Well, the process uh, was a little sporadic. Uh, My first method was to write an outline, and then randomly I would brainstorm ideas and thoughts in my journal. And sometimes those ideas would pop up in the evening, but I would always keep a journal right near me so that I would have those um, thoughts and ideas written down in written form.
0: Is this the first book you've written or had published?
13: Yes, this is my first baby. This is my first published book. Uh,
0: Congratulations. It is like having your first baby. It's a huge thing in your life. (laughs) Thank you. So were there any surprises along the way, having taken this journey now for the first time?
13: I would say no. Uh, The publishing company I worked with, Fulton Books, uh, they, they took me by the hand, step by step. And so there were no surprises. It was really smooth.
0: Would you have any advice for aspiring authors who want to go through that same journey?
13: Yes, my advice to new authors would be to erase fear and just submit your manuscript, submit your book. And if a publishing company rejects you, go to another publishing company who will accept you.
0: Good advice. Do you have anything on the horizon? Are you working on maybe a follow-up?
13: Well, I have a journal with a bunch of new ideas, so I am considering writing a part two to my current book. But actually, my publishing company, Fulton Books, suggested that I write a part two. So possibly, it's highly possible.
0: Did you ever hit a point where you hit writer's block and the ideas just weren't coming?
13: Absolutely, yes. Uh, There were times where I started to write a couple of the chapters, and then I hit writer's block, and I had to take a break. And sometimes that break was a couple of weeks, and then I was back motivated again and gathered my thoughts together again.
0: The book is Five Jobs Mommies Can Work from Home by Ladeen McCoy, published by Fulton Books. It's available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and elsewhere. Ladeen, thank you for talking with me tonight. It was a joy getting to know you and more about this book.
13: Thanks so much for having me.
0: Understanding and exercising faith is fundamental to the Christian life. And author Lewis Parks expounds on this in his new book, The Law of Faith and the Elements Thereof. Lewis is joining me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Lewis, thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. So, can you give us a glimpse into this book?
14: This book came out of, you know, just uh, personal experiences and challenges uh, that I went through uh, in my early 20s to almost 30s. Basically, it's something that all Christians go through uh, when we begin our walk with the Lord and we experience our own challenges. Jesus said in this world that we will have trials or tribulations. From just going through a series of, of different seasons in my life and seeking the Lord, uh, the Holy Spirit began to download. And, and I didn't know I was a writer at the time. I basically just started off journaling the Holy Spirit began to minister to me and download to me different uh, elements of faith. When I think of elements of faith, I think of like a cake. Uh, there's different ingredients involved when a, when a person is baking a cake, but but it's one cake. You know, you see Jesus talking about different aspects of faith. Romans 6, it talks about the shield of faith. Jesus talks about, you know, when he spoke to the the fig tree, we saw a demonstration of the power of faith by the spoken word. So the Holy Spirit began to download and to my spirit, different cautions, a lot of cautions that I had. Many of us have a lot of cautions, and the Bible, uh, the Bible is almost like a puzzle, right? Uh, That's why we have teachers, that's why we have seminaries, uh, that's why when you hear a minister preach the Word, you know, he's, he's going through different He's navigating back and forth through different scriptures to help us understand what the Holy Spirit is saying. So with this book, I talk about the value of man, uh, righteousness, humility. I talk about the law of mind, the law of love. And and all of these things helps us, helps to build our faith. You know, Jesus said, you know, when he come, when the Son of Man returns, will I find faith? And I find that people who have a hard time with understanding faith, you know, the Bible says that over in Hosea 4 and 6, my people are dest- are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. You know, my young Christian walk, I struggled with faith because I, I just didn't understand it. And so the way the Holy Spirit gave it to me, it gave me uh, practical steps to understand and say, you know, the Bible talks about that truth is taught line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept, right? Here a little, there a little. When we begin to understand certain elements of faith, it helps to build our faith and make it practical. Sometimes when we look in the Bible, right, and we begin to read the Bible, sometimes it can be confusing. Sometimes we don't necessarily know how to navigate through the Bible. The God gave me the book in a way that any reader can pick up the book and begin to understand it. And I talk about different elements of faith that makes up faith as a whole.
0: The book is The Law of Faith and the Elements Thereof by Lewis Parks, published by Christian Faith Publishing. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and iTunes. Lewis, thank you for chatting with us tonight here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. It was a pleasure meeting you and finding out about this book.